Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Ephesians 5, verses 18 through 33. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands, love your wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, Josh. Give Josh a hand. Awesome stuff. Well, let me get my little uh, little setup going here. And uh, last service, I my face is too far away. Get down there. There it is. All right, here we go. So, <clears throat> good morning. Everybody is here and uh, alive and whole. And uh, we for that we should be thankful, right? Amen. So, um, you know, there's there's places in the world where that's that's not always the case. So, um, <clears throat> let's be thankful for what God has given given us. Every single day. Um, so, yes, as Pastor Roger said, I'm, my name's Adam, and um, I am uh, just thrilled and honored to be here with you. Um, I, I get to preach every, you know, about three, about three times a year, four times a year sometimes, and um, I never, ever, ever um, take it for granted. And every single time, I'm, I'm just so thankful and honored for the opportunity to be here with you. And, and it truly does... <coughs> um, Help, help me um, to all the studying that I get to do and all the, all the stuff. I just, I love being here. So I'm thankful that you guys have given of your morning today to, to, to listen to this. And I pray that God's going to speak to you in a major way. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that little passage of scripture. So you probably heard that it's mainly about marriage, but I want to start and say that if you're not married, that doesn't mean you don't need to listen up because um, I actually heard a lot of this content before I got married. And um, it, was, it has been just incredibly helpful, um, in, incredibly helpful. So you heard the topic and you heard the, uh, and you're wondering why I'm holding a coffee mug. Well, here, I'm going to tell you. So you, if anybody's been here around, you know that I have a, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but I have a habit of leaving coffee mugs 
around and, and you'll see if you, this one might even be here later, I don't know. But um, <clears throat> I, I kind of leave, leave coffee mugs around. I love coffee mugs. We love to drink coffee at our house and um, we have a whole bunch of them. And, um, but that's not the point. The point is, it's kind of funny, but um, we started talking about this message series in July-ish, I think. And so uh, when we had that meeting, I kind of volunteered for this this section of scripture, um, because I'm, the home is very important to me, and I, I really feel like it's, it's, a, uh, it's a direct attack of the enemy, and it's a target right now. Um, you know, we see stupid shows like Modern Family, and like just there's different things that are trying to twist our minds to think that certain things are okay when they're not, um, but we've got to really focus in on the home. And so in July, um, I pulled out this coffee mug. This is one that I've had for a couple years, and it really hasn't ever had to uh, come into play, but I kind of felt like it was a good one to start drinking since we're using, since we're talking about marriage. It says, for my wife, be careful if, or you will end up in my sermon. Just a joke. It's just a joke. I did not use this. No, she has, she's a great, wonderful wife. Um, she will pop up a little bit, but it's only for the wonderful, wonderful wife that she is. So I just thought that would be a nice way to introduce and start this off. Be careful, you'll end up in my sermon, and it's not safe there. It's probably safer back here. Okay? All right. So we are going to um, pray, and before we do, I want you to maybe write this down on the top of your outline, because it's really the, the thought of the day and the, uh, something that's going to, it really kind of um, should set the theme, set the um, mood for the day, okay? So it's this. The atmosphere of the home is the most powerful voice in a child's life. The atmosphere of the home is the most powerful voice in a child's life. So you got, you probably, most of you know, I um, have done youth ministry and I'm over our family ministry now. Um, and I can tell you this, that parents and the atmosphere of the home, I would say probably has a, a of if you were if you were to have a pie chart of influence in a kid's life, I'd say it's probably 95. I mean, like literally, that's not a statistical thing, but that's my own perspective. Is seeing like, man, there are kids that have come through our ministry, and and it seems like things have been really good, and they're 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 growing. But then if they don't have the foundational um, truth and the foundation of a um, of a solid home, heaven in their home, then it, uh, you know, as a, as a youth pastor and as a family ministry pastor, I have, it's, it's very difficult is the point. So um, Satan is, is ruthlessly and um, viciously attacking your children and he's, atta- he's attacking them through your marriage. So today we're focusing on marriage. Um, and again, listen up and please, please, please don't tune out if you're not married because I really feel like this will help you. Um, even if you're not married, you might be able to help somebody else who is married um, and, and eventually, you know, hopefully, you, you never know what could happen. God might, God might change things around for you. You might be married. So um, listen up, let's pray, and then we'll get started. So God, we come before you right now, and I just ask that you will help each and every one of us, Lord, to open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up every part of us, Lord, so we could um, listen to you clearly and hear you speak. And God, I just give you all, all these uh, hours of, of preparation and days of preparation, Lord, that um, I've had with you. And I just ask that you will um, speak through me, Lord, and <clears throat> help us to look in the mirror and be able to see something that we need to, meet, need to change and need to make better in our own lives. So we thank you for it. Give us uh, just a blessing over this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we get started, you're going to see Taylor and Louise starting to pass around something for each and every person in the room gets one of these. And the point of this is so that you will remember 
something. So he's getting you, if you're in the back rows there, you haven't got it yet, but a key, a key. Okay, it's a cool, hopefully yours is cool. There's a few varieties. I think all of them are cool. <laughs> um, I didn't peep at every single one of them, but um, it's a key. And this, so sometimes, I don't know about you, um, but heaven in your home, think about heaven in your home. That sounds like a, a dream, right? That sounds like a, um, something way off in the distance or maybe something locked in a vault or locked in a safe. But um, this key right here, I want you to um, hang on to this as long as you possibly can. <laughs> and uh, so some of us might put it on a keychain. I'm going to put mine on my keychain. You might hang it up in your bathroom. Um, you might put it in your bedroom somewhere, put it on your refrigerator, whatever. Put it somewhere where you will see it every day. And here's what you're going to need to remember about it. It's very simple. Two words. Love and respect. Love and respect, which we'll unpack for the rest of our time together. Um, but love and respect. So for, for husbands, we are called to unconditional love of our wives. And for wives, you look at this and you say, I am to unconditionally respect my husband. So that is on your outline there, the key to unlocking heaven in your home. So we're going to, I, I didn't quite get to the very last few verses, but we, we're going to cover everything in this section um, and uh, let's, uh, let's get to it. So the first few verses says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So just two quick points from this section. I'm not going to spend a ton of time there, but um, <clears throat> if you can't figure out the first part, get, no, do not be drunk with wine, um, it's kind of these two things, I believe, are kind of like a preference or a, uh, a prerequisite for the rest of the chapter. You need to figure out the whole alcohol thing. If you have problems with that, that's a whole separate topic, but um, it's very, it can destroy a family. I'm sure everybody in the room can understand that and know that. Um, so get that part of your life figured out. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And then it says also, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, have, I always say it. I will continue to say it. I've said it many times. Gratitude and thankfulness all the time will make your life better in every area of your life. Just be thankful, okay? Um, there's so many, so many scriptures about that. <clears throat> but give thanks always. So we're gonna jump into the meat of the message here, um, which, as I said, is your key, love and respect. Love and respect. So Pastor Ray, if you wouldn't mind throwing up on the screen here uh, the picture of this cycle. Okay, so here we go. So we have at the top his love, the husband's Love, and then we're going to go around here. It motivates her respect, the wife's respect for her husband, which then keeps going, motivates his love, keeps on going, keeps on going, and you get a, you get a good positive energy. Now, just as there's a positive cycle, that's the way it's supposed to go, sometimes when you don't do your part, it can throw off the cycle for sure, um, which we'll, we'll unpack that in more detail. So I wanted you to see that visual as we start. There's, it's called The Energizing Cycle, which is from this book here, Love and Respect. Um, but let's dig into the, to the, to the passage a little bit deeper. And just because 
Uh, God told the Apostle Paul to put it in this order. I'm putting it in the same order. So it's ladies first. Sorry, ladies. Uh, but we're going to start with the wives. <clears throat> and um, actually, the verse right before that uh, says, submit to one another, right? Submit to, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That is kicking off a, a uh, two weeks for us, two weeks of, of submission. So next week, we're going to, Pastor Luis will carry on um, in different relationships in our lives. But we're talking about authority. We're talking about the operation of authority. So it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So, wives are sitting here like, man, that sounds, that sounds crazy, like everything, always? And we're going we're gonna to talk, we're going to unpack, and um, I've got some, uh, got some some good quotes and some stuff from these books that are going to really help you. Um, so I want to start with a couple quotes from Warren Wiersbe, who uh, wrote a commentary of the entire Bible. And here's, here's what he has on this section. Submission has nothing to do with the order of authority, but rather governs the operation of authority, how it is given and how it is received. When the Christian wife submits herself to Christ and lets him be the Lord of her life, she will have no difficulty submitting to her husband. This does not mean that she becomes a slave, for the husband is also to submit to Christ. And if both are living under the lordship of Christ, there can be only harmony. Headship is not dictatorship. And all the women in the church said, amen, right? Headship is not dictatorship. So um, <clears throat> that right there unpacks it quite a bit, but we're talking about headship and what that actually means. Um, it doesn't mean that now all of a sudden the husband has the license to boss his wife around and say, hey, go clean that, or hey, cook this, or uh, be here now, you know, like different things like that. It doesn't give us as husbands the, <clears throat> the authority and the ability to do that, but um, as we're going to read in a second, second um, it, it does require unconditional respect and submission. So that does not mean, which we'll see in a second, um, unconditional obedience. It means unconditional respect. So we always, as wives, or not we, sorry, <laughs> uh, you as wives should always have an attitude of respect for your husband. So I want to now read um, this, this is a book called The Meaning of Marriage, and it's by Timothy Keller, and you'll see right there, with Kathy, his wife, and actually, that's the section we're going to read. So I thought in this section, I'm like, all right, what, what should I share for the wives? I feel like I, you know, I don't know, I've never ever, this, you know, I preach about a lot of stuff, and a lot of the stuff I can apply. I've never once been a wife, never will, um, but this right here is really, really good, and this is in the appendix of this book, so in the very back. So I'm not spoiling the whole first 200 pages or whatever, um, but this is written by the wife, uh, Kelly. So listen up to this, and by the way, this whole library here, which I really believe will um, take your marriage to a really new level, $39 total on Amazon. So, um, you know, order those away, and, and uh, maybe it's over the next six months or so, you buy this one, then that one, then that one, but um, really, really good stuff. So this is written by Kathy Keller, and here it goes. The husband's authority, like the son's over us, son being Jesus, is never used to please himself, but only to serve the interests of his wife. 
Headship does not mean a husband simply makes all the decisions, nor does it mean he gets his way in every disagreement. Why? Jesus never did anything to please himself. A servant leader must sacrifice his wants and needs to please and build up his partner. Going on here. Um, there's another section that the first, it's kind of like the first sentence. Assuming the role of headship is only done for purposes of ministering to your wife and family. So this whole section is assuming that, that it's only done for the purpose of ministering to your wife and family. So here we go. Some say, in the biblical view, both husband and wife are to minister to each other unselfishly. So then, what's the difference? It is clear that the son obeys his head, the father, and that we obey our head, the Christ. But how does this authority work out in the context of mutually serving persons equal in dignity and being? The answer is that a head can only overrule his spouse if he is sure that her choice would be destructive to her or to the family. He does not use his headship selfishly to get his own way about the color of the car they buy, who gets to hold the remote control, and whether he has a night out with the boys or stays home to help with the kids when his wife asks him. This is the area in which the most misunderstanding on both part of men and women has occurred. Some men, unaware or unwilling to assume their servant leader roles, believe that simply being male brings entitlement with it. And women, often the victims of such mistaken understanding, want no part of any teaching that would demote them to inferior status. Isn't that good? I'm I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. There's a whole lot more um, that kind of unpacks a real big decision that they had to walk through in their marriage. And what what it really applies to, as it said there, you know, it's not about just, you know, I want to go to McDonald's, so we're going to McDonald's, not Burger King, whatever. Um, It's really the only time that we as husbands should um, use our headship, for lack of a better word, or our authority, is if there's a huge, massive decision that it is, as we're going to see as we start to talk to the husbands here in a minute, um, we're going to see that it's our responsibility to lead. It is. There are some big decisions that you know, we, we have to make the final call, if you will. Now, um, part of what that book says, too, is like it's, you know, most of the time there should be agreement. It comes up to the point whenever there is a disagreement. How does that work out? And so um, a husband is, is called, just like the scripture said, uh, as the head of the family and the head of the, um, the wife. And so <clears throat> at times, you know, husbands do have to make a final call. Um, but it's not, it's not made to where we, like I said, headship is not dictatorship. And as we're going to see in a minute, our love, husbands, will motivate them to respect us. So uh, we've been on a journey in our marriage, and um, <clears throat> we're still on a journey, we'll always be, but um, we're continuing to go through things. And, um, you know, it's, it really has gotten better, and it really is a lot better when I um, have the right perspective and when I'm doing my part to love, to love her. So that's a, that's a, that's a real important cycle there. So I said a second ago that God calls wives to unconditional respect and submission, not unconditional obedience. What do I mean by that? Not unconditional obedience. So um, if, if a husband, some husbands take this scripture and um, twist it and mess it all up and, and feel like they're, they're the boss and they're in charge, if a husband tells a wife to cheat on your taxes, that's not, that's not good. Wives, you're going to have to, you know, 
step up and say, no, that's not, we can't do that. Um, we, you know, all the different things that a husband might try to tell a wife to do, that's a sin. That's where you draw the line. So I've been taught that so many times through different authority uh, classes and books and everything, which we're going to read in a second, um, that if an authority tells you to do a sin or to, to commit a sin, then that's when you have to step up and say, whoa, I'm not, I'm not, not about that, right? So let's read this, this quick section of this book, Undercover, which actually is kind of cool. Um, I told you that, well, I haven't, the love and respect thought, um, we, Chelsea and I learned this when we were probably um, 19 and 17 or 20, somewhere around that range, right before we got married. <clears throat> and I'm so glad and so thankful that we did. Uh, this book here, uh, actually, Chelsea got this book from her daddy, July 15th, 2005. So we actually had been dating, not really dating, but um, together, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing, high school, whatever, um, for about six months at this point when, you get, when she got this book. So um, here's a little section I want to read to you that kind of um, expounds on this for wives, and then we're going to move into the section for husbands. <clears throat> we see this brought out in Peter's instruction to wives, which this uh, scripture, by the way, 1 Peter 3, is in your notes as a deeper study for wives. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. A wife is to obey as well as honor her husband with a submissive attitude. Peter drew again the parallel between behavior and submission. These are then coupled with the lifestyle of purity and reverence. A wife is admonished to maintain an attitude of reverence toward her husband's position of authority, even though he's not a believer. She would not be required to unconditionally obey if asked to sin, but she is called to unconditional submission and honor of his authority position. A possible example would be a believing wife who answers the phone, but her husband doesn't want to speak to the other caller and tells her, tell him I'm not there. An appropriate response would be, honey, from the, this is the wife to the husband, honey, I'm not going to lie. Would you like me to tell him you're not available? She maintains her reverence for his position of authority, but does not obey his request for her to lie. So she maintains that position of reverence. <clears throat> Peter went on to say, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Sarah's reverence was evident in the way she honored Abraham as as her master and obeyed. Master reflected her submissive attitude and obedience showed she did not yield to fear. Fear is a terrible taskmaster. Fear taunts, I cannot trust God in submitting to my husband or any other authority. I must protect myself. Let's remember, God, not some power-hungry man is the one who said to submit. As we obey him, his protection becomes ours. Isn't that good? Good stuff. So that's Undercover by John Bevere. 
And um, really, really powerful stuff in there if you wanted to get that one. Actually, my notes say $11 on Amazon for, for that one. So like I said, the total is whatever, 39 bucks or something. So um, wives, take out your key. And remember that this means what? Wives, respect. It really means respect our husbands. Um, a final note for wives that doesn't mean, because as some men have twisted this thing to, to say, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. So my wife does not submit to the other husbands in the room. She submits to this husband. <laughs> and uh, same thing for you guys. So it's not that women submit to men and everything. Um, it's wives, submit to your husbands. Now, obviously, in some chains of authority, there's obviously that um, a woman will submit to a man. But some people twist this to make it think that all, all women are secondary and all women submit to all men. But that's, that's not how it works. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And it doesn't say girlfriends and boyfriends either, right? So I know, you know, there's been <clears throat> a lot of, I've, I've known a lot of people who have kind of a marriage type of relationship without an actual marriage. And uh, that does, this doesn't apply to that, to be honest. It, you know, we need to keep marriage holy. We need to keep marriage precious. And so wives, submit to your husbands, not fiancés, you know, not girlfriends, not boyfriends, but wives to your husbands. So um, we're going to close on that. Wives, you don't hate me, do you? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. If you did, uh, I couldn't hear it. So um, <clears throat> uh, in your outline, you see deeper study for wives. There's quite a few scriptures there. So as I was studying for this, I found so much stuff, even for the husbands at the, at the end, um, so many scriptures that we can go deeper in. And I really encourage everyone in the room, husband and wife, to take the scriptures that are on there that I don't talk about and uh, read those, dig into those, get into, get into the word and, and talk about it together as we're gonna see. Um, so kind of a quick sidebar as we transition from wives to husbands, um, something that I also feel is really, really important and critical to, to say, at least briefly, um, you see it on there, I believe at the top of your second page of the outline is, the eye is the lamp of the body. The eye is the lamp of the body. What do I mean by that? I mean, um, today's, I told you at the beginning that Satan is ruthlessly attacking the family. He's ruthlessly attacking marriage, and he's using media to do that. He's using TV shows. Um, man, I was, I was just thinking during worship <clears throat> of all the, all the junk uh, that comes on TV and all this silly stuff uh, that makes it seem like, uh, this stuff doesn't apply. It makes it seem like we shouldn't do certain things, and it makes it seem like certain things are okay that really are not. Be cautious, both wives and husbands, of the things that you let in. So it says, whoops, sorry. The eye is the lamp of the body. So what's going in your eye? Is it light or is it darkness? Um, so um, some, some just, you know, quick thoughts and quick ideas. Anything that you watch as a wife or a husband, and it makes you feel like, oh, man, might be nice to be married to that guy, or what if I was married to them, or what if I, you know, but yada yada. There's diff there's all kinds of different things, whether it's dating shows, romance novels, um, any kind of romantic movie. You know, you got to really be careful because if we just go along with life and watch whatever's on Netflix, that ain't good. <laughs> it's not going to be good. So be real cautious. I'm not saying you know. Um, don't watch this, past this rating or anything like that. I'm saying anything that you watch um, that can sneak into your marriage and think, make you think, oh, oh, I wish my husband was more like 
this guy that's, you know, written a script of what to say. We don't get a script, do we, husbands? <laughs> and trust me, they're going to be writing that per- husband to be, or, you know, boyfriend or whatever, to be saying the perfect thing every time. That just doesn't happen. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that's just a quick little, little sidebar. Like I said, it applies to husbands as well. Um, if we're watching something or reading something or thinking something that, you know, causes us to uh, have any, any questions of doubt whatsoever, um, we, need to, we need to cut that out. So be careful what you watch because the eye is the lamp of the body. All right, so moving in here to the husband section. All the women said amen. <laughs> here we go. All right, husbands, grab your key. And this means what? Unconditional love for my wife. Unconditional love. So here it goes. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, right? That hurts. So I don't know if I said it at the beginning of this service. I know I said it first service, but uh, just gear up, husbands, because um, I, obviously this side, I am a husband, and I have been for 16 years, and um, I have had many people um, be, be kind of hard on me, and I know that, that that has proven fruitful and valuable, so I'm, I'm going to be hard on you, husbands. So Get your toes ready to be stepped on, maybe, potentially, unless you're just, you know, the perfect husband, maybe. Um, but there's going to be something that you walk out of here and think, dang it, yeah, I, uh, I, need to, I need to love her better in this way. Just think about that, that. I could stop right there. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I was talking with a good friend of mine about a month ago-ish, and I'm like, man, I'm pre- preparing for this message, and it is tough, man. I'm telling you, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Let's, let's just sit and think on that. That is like incredibly impossible, right, men? Uh, love your wife like you love the church, but we strive for that. That's what we've got to strive for. And uh, we're going to unpack that. So there's three things that it says in that passage there that we are supposed to be doing as husbands. Um, and it's first off that our, our love must be unconditional, just like Christ loved us. It's got to be unconditional. So I've said that from the get-go. Your key for you husbands means unconditional love. And the blanks there on your outline are this. The husband's love should be sacrificial, sanctifying, and thirdly, which is kind of a result of the other two and all the stuff we're going to talk about for the rest of our time, satisfying, sacrificial, sanctifying, and satisfying. So, um, as a husband, let's really look and think, okay, sacrificial love like Jesus loved the church. Um, again, this is, this is high-level husband stuff. You know, it's difficult. It's tough. I'm, I'm very guilty of not doing all this stuff, and I'm, I'm trying, trying to get better and trying to do better. But how can we be sacrificial? What is it in your life that's holding you back from being the best husband you can be? I can think of potential things, uh, Golf, fishing, those are two things I really love to do. Uh, you know, whatever your hobby may be, sports, football, hanging out with the guys. Um, as, a, as, as we're going to see, we are responsible for our wife's health. We're responsible, for, I mean, spiritual health. And um, <clears throat> we are going to have to give up some of these things if we're going to truly and fully love our wives the way that we need to do. So that means... You ought, to, you, know, you ought to understand uh, before you get married, you know, that if you can't lay down some things, if you can't give completely um, yourself to your wife, then 
Um, maybe marriage isn't for you. Um, and so be, be really, look in the mirror. I know a lot of us in the room are mar- married. Um, look in the mirror and say, okay, what is, what is taking first place in my life? Of course, aside from God, but in terms of our earthly relationships, your wife should be right there um, at the top. <clears throat> and so what could it be? What do you need to give up? What do I need to lay down so I can be the best husband I can be? Um, I've said this before up here. I'll say it again. I'll keep on saying it. Until um, I go to the grave. But a real man does not live his life for himself, but for others. It applies to many different areas. It applies heavily to your marriage. So what do you need to sacrifice? What can you take um, and really show your wife that you love her because you're, you're giving something up for her, just as Christ did for us? So husband's love should be sacrificial. Next, husband's love should be sanctifying. Sanctifying. Sanctifying means... Um, as, as the scripture tells us, um, <clears throat> we make them, it's, it's a process of we're all being, being sanctified throughout all of our lives to become more like Christ, right? To become more holy, to become more righteous, to, to grow closer to him. So as the husband, it is your responsibility that your wife has a spiritual health. So you are responsible. So I hear a lot of husbands who might say, oh, well, you know, my wife, my wife doesn't read the Bible or my wife doesn't pray or my wife, well, do something about it. Step up and lead your family. Um, it is your responsibility. This scripture just said it. Uh, okay, so just as Christ gave up himself for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives. We have to love our wives in a way that will lead them to spiritual health. And because of that cycle, it works. I'm telling you, it works. You just love, love your wife. And like I said, if she is in a place where um, maybe she's not as close with the Lord right now, maybe she's not walking as closely as um, she should, that's, that's your problem as much as it is hers. Take, take responsibility. The head is responsible for the rest of the body. So as a man, you are called to lead your wife and you're called to lead your family. So your, your life, I mean, your love, sorry, should be sanctifying. Thirdly, which I said is a result of the other two and all the rest we're gonna talk about, husband's love should be satisfying. So when you do this the right way, when you love your wife and when she respects you and it all works together in great harmony, I'm telling you, it's satisfying, it's wonderful, it's great. And um, you can have an awesome marriage. No matter where you're at today, <clears throat> if you're still married, you can take the steps that it takes as a husband to lead your family back to this, this satisfying um, harmony that the, even the scripture says at the very end there. All right, so I wanna unpack in the just next few minutes that I have, husbands, you are gonna have to Take some time to stew on this. Take some time to even maybe dig deeper into this section of scripture that I want to go to. Um, so it was pretty cool. Last week, Pastor Taylor started, started this, this chapter. I don't know if you remember, but he, he touched on the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13. So we all know 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, right? And so he starts reading it, and I've already you know, prepared this, and I'm like, oh no. He's going to start talking about what I'm going to talk about next week. And uh, I had already planned to start in verse 4. And sure enough, he just obeyed the call of the Lord and stopped at verse 3. Thank you. (laughs) So here we go. Verse 4. All right. And this is for husbands. Listen up. And wives, have your elbow ready. I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right. How should we love? How do we love? Verse 4. 
Love is patient and kind. We've got another ouch. How often are we patient and kind with our wives? We gotta, I've been studying this, like I said, since July, and uh, I really, I've, I've had so many opportunities to practice this and so many opportunities to, okay, love is patient, love is kind. All right, slow down. Love is patient, love is kind. So be patient with your wife, be kind. Do never, do never. That's not a good grammar, is it, Charles? Uh, never put your wife down. Never say a rude thing to her. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Listen up here. It does not insist on its own way. That, that hits to me pretty hard, I just to be honest with you. I, I, we, I, I try to follow this, I, and I will continue to try, uh, but I feel a little bit of... Um, difficulty coming on that one at least. Do not insist on its own way. Like I said, each of us are going to have different ones where we feel like, oh shoot, yeah. Um, All right, so does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. How many times do we come home from a hard day at work? And yes, it was probably really hard. And yes, it was probably, you know, wrong in some ways. Um, But that doesn't give you the right to come home and be irritable, be resentful, you know, with your wife or your kids. Um, We need to remain Peaceful and calm, right? As, as husbands and husbands. So don't be irritable. Don't be resentful. Does not reduce, rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And this sums it up so good. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So husbands, what must we do? We must bear all things. Believe all things. Always be hopeful. Always be, um, be, be encouraging your wife. Always be, be helping her see, um, you know, forward and see the hope that lies. Hopes all things, endures all things. So um, I want to read now, finally, the book that, you know, this whole titled thing has been about. Remember the key, Love and Respect. So this is by Dr. Emerson Edrich's. And uh, I, uh, we went through this, we went through like a, a mini conference at church a long time ago. And it has truly, truly helped. It says the love she most desires, love and respect, and the respect he desperately needs. Y'all remember that cycle we showed? Um, so I want to read this section. And before I do, um, your outline has the section there called How to Spell Love to Your Wife, Couple, C-O-U-P-L-E. And uh, we're going to unpack that here in a second, but he's going to mention it in this uh, paragraph here. <clears throat> So this is entitled, Learn to Trust Your Instruments. And of course, that jumped off the pages to me because I'm currently uh, uh, training to be a pilot one day. Um, But anyways, learn to trust your instrument. You ready? Vertigo is defined as a sensation of dizziness and the feeling that you are being whirled about in your environment. The term vertigo is sometimes used when training people to fly, especially when they learn to fly on instruments without being able to see where they are going. Unless a pilot learns to pay attention to his instruments, he will feel as if he is being whirled about, quickly disoriented, and crash. He learns that if his instrument panel tells him he's upside down, even if he's feeling, or even if he feels he's right side up, he should listen to the instrument panel and turn the plane right side up, no matter how he feels. The instrument panel is not hampered by feelings. 
nor is it blinded by an impassable bank of clouds or fog enveloping the plane. In short, the instrument panel cannot be fooled and it does not lie. Men, do we ever feel like we're flying on instruments? I know I do. As we go through all of the secrets in couple, C-O-U-P-L-E, and the various aspects of connectivity, I want you to treat the following six short chapters, so again, by this book, um, the following six short chapters as your instrument panel, couple, is going to be our instrument panel. Don't always let what you see here and seem to feel determine how you will interpret a situation. Instead, keep in mind that you are the one who wears blue sunglasses and has blue hearing aids. They color and influence what you see and hear, and they form your understanding of the code you may be receiving from your wife. And it keeps on going, and it's, it's so good. There's tons, tons of good stuff in this book. But um, any, any men ever, you know, feel like it's, oh, man, what do I say? What's the right thing to say? How do I, how do I s- express what I'm feeling? Has anybody ever felt that? Men, yes. Nobody wants to admit it, but I have. Um, and this is going to help us. This is our instruments. These are our, so believe it or not, actually, when you're flying, there's six primary instruments. We got six letters of, in the word couple, and uh, it just kind of all works together. So here we go. Couple, how to spell love to your wife. The first one is closeness. She wants you to be close. I'm telling you right now, she wants you to be close. So if you're sitting next to your Wife, get a little closer. She wants you to be close. And that doesn't just mean physically, but um, that means emotionally. That means, you know, um, if she's texting you throughout the day, if, you, if you're able to, you know, text back and keep a close connection. Keep that connection right there because I promise you, she wants you to be close. And uh, um, so that's first, closeness. Um, always be checking back. These are, again, our instruments. And if you feel like, if you feel like your wife's not respecting you, well... Man up and look and look at this key again and say, all right, well, am I loving her? Let's look at the instruments. Am I close? Are we close? Maybe not. Make sure you remain close. She wants you to be close. Openness is O. Openness. She wants you to open up to her. And um, I promise you, uh, this is a tough one too. Um, not that there's any reason that I you know, would want to hide anything from my wife, but I can spoke, speak to having five kids. Um, in the morning, we don't have any time together. Um, the only time we really get together is if we, you know, have some gracious babysitters come help us out. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's at night. It's in the evening. So typically the kids are down around nine-ish. Um, and so we have that time. And, you know, I, I typically am up by 6, 6.30 at the latest. So that makes for a long day. And that's the best time, you know, the best time to really be open with her is when the kids aren't around. Sorry, kids. No, they're not in here. So we're good. Um, <clears throat> We have to be open with our wife. But the temptation is, I'm just so tired. I, have, I did have a lot happen today that I probably need to tell her, should tell her, but I'm tired. But we, we know it's a, it's, a, it's a daily effort to remain open with our wives and keep on getting closer. Um, open up, open up to, to her. And the same thing goes for, for wives, but it's much easier for wives, right? We, wives <laughs> naturally will tell us everything. Um, so let's be open with each other. Um, you know, I don't know if this speaks to anybody in the room, but it, I didn't say this first service, but it's in my mind right now. You know, Chelsea has all the codes to my phone and everything. And, you know, here, you know, that's actually because <laughs> uh, we do a lot of texting in today's day and age and emailing. It's like, 
You want to catch up on my day? Look, read my text messages, please. <laughs> but anyway, so be open with your wife. All right? Um, you is understanding. Don't try to fix her. Just listen. And you're like, what do you mean? You just told me about her spiritual health is my responsibility. Yes, but we have to, as husbands, be very understanding. And there are so many times when you're going to feel like, I've got exactly the right thing to say to fix her or help her. I shouldn't say fix her. To whatever she's maybe going through, I, I feel like I can say this, this thing. I can remember specifically uh, a particular situation. I'm not going to share the whole thing, but um, where uh, Chelsea was um, dealing with something and going through something, and I just I, I knew that this was my responsibility, and I knew I needed to help her, wanted to help her, um, and I said something that I had thought about and prayed about and read the Bible about and it didn't go well. It did not go well. And that's okay because I wasn't doing the right thing. I wasn't understanding. I was, I was more or less trying to, we, as men and as husbands, we, we do. We want to try to solve the problem. We want to try to figure out the next best move to win the game, right? We want to uh, fix problems, but there are more times than not, you need to be a listener. You need to just listen and be understanding and um, that's, that's, a, that's something that's going to help, help her a lot. So closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, okay? She wants you to say, I'm sorry. And as a good husband and as a good man, um, I have to do this in, in marriage, but I have to do it in other areas too. There's times when you should say, I'm sorry, even if you still feel like you're right. Even if you still feel that, you know, you don't need to say you're sorry, well, Sorry. You need to say you're sorry. <laughs> uh, there's times where peacemaking is, and one of the scriptures we read today, uh, maybe one of the, yeah, the peacemaking, uh, Matthew 5. Um, Blessed is the peacemaker. There it is. She wants you to say, I'm sorry. So there's going to be times when it feels like it's late and you feel like you're right. Maybe you are. But as the responsibility of a man and the responsibility as the husband to keep peace and to um, maintain harmony in your marriage and heaven in your home, doggone it, say I'm sorry, you know? So um, hope that helps, helps you out there. Peacemaking, be a peacemaker. Do not go to bed angry and upset, but make peace. Next, and we're almost done here, loyalty. She needs to know that you are committed. She needs to know you're committed. So um, loving sacrificially is one of the ways that you really do this. And like I said, put away things that are taken away from your time with your wife. Um, there's other aspects of loyalty that I can't get into, but <clears throat> um, loving sacrificially is really the biggest thing that's gonna help her feel like she's first place in your life, which leads to this last one, esteem. So we have closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. And esteem is honor and cherish her. So your wife should feel like, to you, you, she is the princess of the universe. Okay? And all the young, young, young ones in the room, Bailey was in here first service, man. Um, <clears throat> Bailey specifically, but I, I, all, all you young girls, I, I, you know, seeing y'all growing, growing up and everything, we better find some, some good quality men, right, for these, these lovely ladies. Um, so just as a husband is to esteem a wife, a, uh, a father fills that role for his daughter until she gets married. And um, here's, the, here's the verse that, that led to this, Proverbs 18:22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. 
So I talked about, you know, the, the younger, younger ladies. And uh, this is up to the dad. This is up to the, the husband and the father to find a man um, who views this, this girl as a treasure. And um, doggone it, this one to me, I, I don't know why I'm on this, this service, but um, that esteem right there is, is so critical. So your husband, you have to love your wife. You have to esteem her. You have to honor her and cherish her. This is a, a super quick little sentence from, from the book. Uh, in the chapter that expounds on esteem. This is what I mean by esteem. When it's there, your wife will feel treasured as if she's the most loved woman on the earth. Also, she will want to respect you in a similar way that the church reverences Christ. Remember that your love golly, <clears throat> motivates her respect, and her respect motivates your love. So, man, do all you can to show your wife that she is a jewel and a princess, and that you'll protect her at any cost. And I, uh, my sister's not in here, but she could vouch for this, that uh, <clears throat> she experienced it first. Uh, she's five years younger than me, and I was incredibly, like, protective of her. <laughs> uh, you know, little kids would call, and punk kids, man, call. She's, she's probably 11, 12 years old-ish, and so I would have been 16, 17. Nope, she ain't here. Click. Remember the house phones? Anybody remember house phones? She didn't have a cell phone, so nope, they got hung up on, boy. And um, <clears throat> same thing. My daughter is now 11, about to be 12, and um, first one, I got two, but they are jewels, man. They are jewels, and as a husband, we have to do all that we have to do, whatever it looks like. It's going to be slightly different because there's different, you know, there's five different languages of love. Um, for my wife, it's words of affirmation. Whatever, whatever it is that your wife needs, she better believe and know that she is the jewel of your eye and something that you want someone, of course, that you want to protect and keep safe. And um, I think of our, uh, some people will relate to this and some people won't, but I guess this is for the ones who will. Um, our, our dog, and it's going to sound like a weird illustration at first, but just hear me out. Our dog is like tiny, really, but she's kind of fat and chunky, but she's short and not really a strong thing at all, really. Um, but she thinks she, she is. She is. like She, she takes uh, our family's protection very seriously. So uh, she will bark at, at every little noise. She will bark at every little sniff, um, whatever it may be. She is going to defend us. And doggone it, as dads and as husbands, that is, that's us. We need every little sniff. So anytime anybody kind of like starts to, you know, talk to my wife too much or, you know, Whatever, thankfully it doesn't happen much, but you know what? My, the hair on my back starts standing right up, and I'm going over there, and here's what I'm doing. I'm saying, hey, how you doing? I'm Chelsea's husband. Squeeze that hand like you've never squeezed before. And you know why? It's because she's a jewel. She is a treasure. So make sure your wife <clears throat> knows that you love her like nothing else. Uh, Band, if you would come on up. We'll move to a close. Honor and cherish her. So let's sum that up. Uh, Couple is how we spell love to our wife. Closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem.
You'll see there on your outline, there is a few more verses for the husbands. I really encourage you to dig into this stuff. I really encourage you to get these books if you don't have them and um, read through every bit of it because there's so much more. I mean, trust me, I I cut this thing down so much, um, but there's a lot more I wanted to share from these books. But um, do what you can. You know, I just, we've, we've talked about it. I hope you felt it as a husband in the room. It is your responsibility to love your wife and make sure she feels that love, whatever that looks like. So figure it out, dig in, get going. I got one final thing before we worship together. Um, as we prayed out, prayed for us going on the Romania trip, um, I wanted to invite everybody in the room, all of our church together, to a seven-day fast for families, whether you're online or whether you're here. Um, seven-day fast for our, in, our individual families. You might, you might be here today and, like I said, thinking that, Man, I've, I've got work to do. I mean, gosh, I was reading this, you know, two months ago. Uh, love my wife like Christ loves the church, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, but whenever we come up to a challenge, whenever we come into a difficult situation, a good response for us is to fast. So I would just love to ask everybody in the church to join us starting tomorrow, Monday, a seven-day fast. Whatever that looks like for you, you ask God between now and then, talk to your wife, what do y'all want to do? Um, we could do a Daniel fast, you could do a juice fast. If you want to get real intense, go water fast, but um, fast something. I think it would be really powerful um, for our families here, and I'm also wanting it to be a focus on our Romania trip. Um, So we're leaving Thursday, so, you know, the last half of the fast, we'll be over there getting started, and we're going to work with around 180 orphans at different orphanages throughout the country of Romania, and um, Man, it's, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be life-changing. But we need your help, and we need all of us to band together. As I said at the beginning, Satan is coming after all families. He's coming after your family. He's coming after my family. It takes a powerful rise up and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to stand for this. And let's fast together. Let's believe for amazing things. Everybody take out your key as we close. Remember, Put this on your keychain. Put it somewhere where you will see. This means for a husband, love your wives. This means for a wife, unconditional respect. The wife gives unconditional respect and the husband gives unconditional love. Let's stand to our feet. And uh, as always, we'll have, uh, I'll be down here with my dad praying if anybody needs prayer. And um, if you had, I know I flew through a lot of content. If you have any questions, I got I got somewhere to be, but not for a while. So uh, I'll be here for quite a while and want to answer any questions, pray with you if you'd like to. But um, please, please keep this and please let this be. I'm hoping like even for, you know, Bailey and Jaden, like I was like, guys, keep this somewhere. Help this to be something that hopefully on your your wedding day, you can still have and you can look at and remember and be able to share it with whoever the future person may be. (laughs) Don't like thinking about that too much, but let's pray. Lord God, we, uh, we come before you and I just thank you for um, the book of Ephesians and gosh, how rich it is and how wonderful it has been here these last few weeks and will continue to be for the next few, God. We just uh, ask that you would help us, Father, help us to look in the mirror, God, even today with our spouses and say, I'm so sorry for not being what I should be and um, help us to, to take the steps that it takes to be better, and um, we just surrender ourselves to you as a church. We surrender you, ourselves to you as husbands. We surrender ourselves to you as wives, and even those of us in the room who aren't married, 
Help us to um, be equipped for when we are, Lord. We love you so much, and we just give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola, or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it, so please drop us a note.